Good morning. Are you happy? <laughs> Do you have the joy of the Lord? Yes. Good, good, good. Glad to be here today. I'm, I'm thankful that God wins. God wins every time. All right. Glad we got our heads on straight this morning. Hey, I heard this story about this guy who was, uh, he was troubled. And then he went to his pastor and he said, Pastor, um, I've, got, I've got a problem. And his pastor said, what's, what's your problem? He goes, man, I'm having such a hard time giving and tithing these days. His pastor said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, pastor, I used to make 50 bucks a week. And I would tithe, I'd give that $5 to the Lord. And man, that was great. And then I made 500 bucks a week. Uh, and then I had to start tithing 50. And, and he goes, man, that was really, really hard. He says, Pastor, God has blessed me. I make 5,000 a week now. How many of you like that? Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> he says, Pastor, I don't know about this tithing thing. I mean, $500 tithe, that is a stinking a lot of money, right? I don't know if I can do it. Um, Pastor, would you pray for me? Pastor said, sure, I'll pray. So they bowed their heads. He said, Lord, thank you for Joe. I pray that you would reduce his income back down to $50 a week so that he can honor you with the tithe. Amen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Last week, we started talking about giving. I'm going to wrap it up today. And today I want to talk about how to, to be a cheerful, open-handed giver. Uh, last week, we talked about how everything that we have has been given to us from God. It all belongs to him. And he's given all of it into our hands to be good stewards of it. And he wants the first bite, not the slobbery leftovers. The last. You got it. God wants the first bite. Here, here's what I understand about scripture and about giving. We will give our first and best to whatever it is or whomever it is we worship. We will give our first and we will give our best to whatever it is that we worship. And God set up in scripture, he goes, you know, if I'm going to be first in your life, if I am going to be Lord, Jesus said, I am Lord, right? How many of you believe Jesus is Lord? Say it with me. Jesus is Lord. He said, then you're going to worship me with your first and your best. And so we laid that foundation down last week. Um, and I want you to know that I don't preach about tithing and giving and money because the church needs your money and we want to increase our budget. Um, I preach about it because Jesus preached about it. It's in the word of God. And, and I preach about tithing because it's not that God needs your money, but he needs the honor that's due his name. God is so worthy. God is so honorable. Everything that I have, hear my heart, everything that I have, I do not deserve. Dave Ramsey is asked, how, how are you? He always says, better than I deserve. I am blessed beyond what I deserve. Listen, God owes me nothing. He owes me nothing. And yet he has given me so much spiritual riches, financial riches. We're one of the wealthiest people on the planet. God has blessed us so much. And can I tell you, I don't keep track of who's giving and who's tithing and who's not giving. and who's, I have no idea. So when I talk to you in, in the hallway and we're sipping coffee together, I'm not thinking, well, he's not tithing. You know, none of that's going on. All right. That's between you and the Lord. 
It belongs to him. That's that's a just returning what belongs to God. Some of you are here today and you're just trying to get your mind around this tithing thing. And you're like, man, I really want to. But man, I just don't know how to. I just can't make the numbers work. What do I do? And I've had one person since last Sunday say, hey, do I get out of debt first before I tithe? Because I've got so much debt. What do I do? Let me give you some practical advice. Some of you just need some help with some practical stuff. Um, Financial Peace University, excuse me, um, is an incredible tool. It's really helped my wife and I uh, get out of debt, get on a budget so we can start to give the way God wants us to give. And for some of you, you just need help with the numbers. You just need a plan. Um, You want to move in that direction, but you need a plan. I would encourage you to go to Financial Peace. It actually begins this Tuesday night from 6.30 to 8.30, and it runs for several weeks. There's free child care. There's a free dinner. Uh, Amazing, amazing. So you can go this Tuesday night and check it out, right? Try before you buy. And then if you're like, you know what? I need to do this thing. Then you can invest the $99 that gets you this amazing kit with all these amazing resources. And you can really begin to live and give like nobody else. So very practical. Some of you just need to, man, how do I manage my finances? FPU is the place. We've had hundreds and hundreds of families here at Glad Tidings literally go through FPU. Somebody else asked me uh, after the message last week, "Um, Pastor, I get the tithing thing, but who do I give the tithe to? Where do I bring the tithe? I have missionary friends. I have ministries that I support. Can I give my tithe, my 10% to those missionaries and those ministers? And I would say, no, the word of God says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there might be food in my house. The storehouse is simply the place where you get your spiritual food. It's the local body, the local temple in the Old Testament, the, 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 the local temple in New Testament, and now today the local church where you get your spiritual food. Um, that's what you do. You may have, <clears throat> excuse me, you may have some, uh, some good friends who are in ministry. Bless them, but bless them with your money, not God's money. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. That'd be like going out to eat to a nice fancy restaurant. And at the end of the meal, they send, they give you the, the, the bill and you go, you know what? That's really nice. But I think I'm going to go ahead and bless the small, poor diner down the street. Right? No, just in, in the same sense where you get your physical food, right? You pay for it. Where you get your spiritual food, you bring the tithe into the storehouse. Um, so scripture is very clear on that. Um, before we move into this um, cheerful, open-handed type of giving where we all, where God wants all of us to be, let me just say this. Tithing is, is like learning how to ride a bike. Okay, it's very scary at first. You're like, I don't know if I can ride this bike. I'm afraid of falling. And so somebody came up with this amazing thing called training wheels. How many of you started riding a bike with training wheels, right? And tithing is like the training wheels on the bike, right? Um, You you learn that you can trust this thing and it's not going to kill you and you're not going to fall and you're going to be okay and you can do this thing. And so you start with the bike, you start with the training wheels and tithing is the same way. Tithing teaches you that God can be trusted. He's not going to let you fall. He's not going to let you get hurt. He's going to take care of you. And after a while, you're going to be like, you know, the cul-de-sac is great, but man, I really want to go explore, right? You take the training wheels off, right? Now you're going to move into this this cheerful, open-handed, generous giving. So tithing is like, it's like the basement of our giving, 
right? It's not the ceiling. It's like the basement of our giving. It's something we just give right back to God because it belongs to him. And anything that we give above the tithe, the Bible calls it an offering, okay? An offering. And that's what we're going to look at today. When we, uh, <clears throat> when we, can you throw me that water? <laughs> Carrie said, I can't throw it. <laughs> yes, you can. Um, when it comes to money, we can, we can put all of our, we can put ourselves in, in one of three categories. Uh, some of you are spenders. You already know who you are, right? That's probably most of us in the room. Uh, most of America, uh, we're spenders, all right? Uh, and the spenders, man, they live in the now. They're like, I want that. I want it now. You know, then there are the savers, right? How many of you are savers, right? You're proud to be a saver. That's me. I'm kind of the saver, right? We all think we're in the right category. Savers, can you say amen? amen. That's right, man. We are smart. We are wise. We are good stewards. And then there are the stewards, all right? So there's the, the, uh, the spenders, the savers, and the stewards. And which one are you? Okay, the spenders, they're the people who consume, right? They maximize the value for today. The savers, they try to limit their consumption and they maximize the value of their dollar for tomorrow. The stewards, on the other hand, they have this rare mindset. Their whole life is orientated around how can I do the most good for God? Their idea is this. How can I live a simple life that prioritizes my necessities, minimizes my luxuries, and maximizes my investment in a way that will please God. So, if you seek to enjoy all that this world has to offer, you're probably a spender, right? If you seek to pay off your mortgage early and retire early and build a family dynasty of wealth, then you're probably a saver. And if you seek to give your excess to bless the kingdom of God, you're a steward, you're a servant with God's money. Jesus had a very interesting conversation with a rich, uh, rich young ruler. And he said to this rich young ruler, he said, I want you to do this. I want you to go and I want you to sell all of your possessions and I want you to give it to the poor. And then Jesus said, then you will have treasure in heaven. And a lot of times when we read that passage, and I've read it several times, it's in Mark chapter 10. We go, wow, what a huge sacrifice. I mean, Jesus was, imagine everything that you own, everything that God has put in your hands. God says to you, I want you to sell it all and I want you to give the money to the poor. You'd be like, holy cow, that's like a huge sacrifice. But in some ways, what Jesus was saying, he wasn't really calling them to to sacrifice. He was calling this man to satisfaction. In some ways, what he was saying is, I I want you to to give something up for something even better. See, a lot of times we read that passage and we think that that Jesus was calling this rich young man away from treasure. But what he was doing is he was calling this young rich ruler to treasure. God isn't calling us away from treasure. He's calling us to treasure. Are you with me this morning? He's calling us to give up something that we that we cannot keep to gain something that we cannot lose. Is God saying it's sinful to be blessed and to have wealth, right? How many rich people here this morning? (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Come on. 
We're all rich. We're all blessed. You might be living paycheck to paycheck, but man, we have, we're, we're blessed people, right? One of, my, one of my best friends, he is so wealthy. He's ridiculously wealthy. He's built his house out of precious stones. His driveway is paved with gold and the gates are made out of pearls. I'm telling you, he is just loaded, 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 rich, wealthy. Does God have a problem with wealth? He's got a lot of it. The patriarchs were very, very wealthy. I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing. See, God doesn't have an issue at all with wealth. He loves wealth. He loves wealthy people. He's blessed them for a purpose. Listen, if you are blessed, the the Bible says this. The Bible says that there are seven motivational gifts, and one of those gifts is giving. And I have found that those that have the gift of giving have the gift of getting. (laughs) They have the ability to, to, um, to make money. They're just good at it. How many of you are good at making money? See me after class, right? I mean, you know, you're just good at it. You just, God's blessed you with it. And the Bible says that he gives us the ability to get wealth. God doesn't have a problem with wealth. He doesn't have a problem with rich people. Don't ever point fingers at people who are blessed and go, oh, you know, this, oh, that. No, listen, they're blessed by God. And many of you are those people. Let's look at God's attitude towards riches. I want you to look at 1 Timothy chapter 6 with me for a moment. The Apostle Paul has given some advice to a very young pastor. And he says, young pastor, Timothy, I want you to talk. I I want you to talk to the rich people that are in your city. And I want you to be really bold. And I want you to command them to do something. (laughs) Use this word command. Watch this. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God. See, it's not about having riches. It's where you put your hope, right? Who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Somebody say enjoyment. If you have an old fashioned Bible that actually has paper pages, underline that word enjoyment. How many of you have ever met a miserable millionaire? They have lots of money, but they're miserable. That's not God's will. God's will is for those who are blessed to enjoy it. And then he says this, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. And in this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. So that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Let's take hold of some life this morning. When pastors talk about money, things kind of go quiet. It's like, no, 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 don't talk about money. That's death. That's not what God says. He says it's life. We talk about being generous and and blessing people and giving above the tithe. Man, it's life. Are you here this morning? How many of you know Jesus wins every time? God doesn't command the rich to stop making money. 
Command those who are rich to stop making money. Live in poverty. Not at all. He says this, command them to enjoy their riches, command them to be generous, command them to store up treasures for eternity so that they might have the life that is truly life, right? So God blesses us for a reason, to enjoy it, to be generous, willing to share and to lay up treasure in heaven. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse six, another passage about giving and the context of this passage is, is really sacrificial giving. The church is collecting a, a sacrificial offering for mission. And this is what Paul says. He says this, as you give, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Uh, let's, just, let's just stop there for a moment. Here, this first verse we're looking at, God is saying, here's what happens when you give. This isn't why you give. This is what happens when you give. If you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. If you sow generously, you will reap generously. That was an agricultural community. They understood that. And then the verse, next verse is this. It's really how to give. Okay. He says this. Each of you should give what you have decided in your what? In your heart to give. Aren't, don't you like that? How many, of you, how many of you have given out of your head so many times, but you really want to be able to give out of your heart? You want to get to that place where, man, I just love this. I just, I love to give. He says, give out of your heart, not reluctantly, not under compulsion. How many of you have ever been to a fundraiser banquet and you're like, oh, okay, right? For God loves a cheerful giver. And then, of course, verse number eight, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I'm talking about giving with a cheerful, open handed heart. I want to become a cheerful giver. I don't want to be the guy who tithes because, well, the Bible says tithes. So, you know, here we go. And. Okay, missions, ah, we got to give to missions. I want to be the guy that loves to give. I want to be that guy. I want to be that person. Many people give because they feel that they have to, not because they want to. Many people give because they have to. They feel like they have to, and it's not because they want to. They feel pressured to give, and after they give, they grieve over their gift. How many of you have ever heard of buyer's remorse? Right. How about giver's remorse? Right. You like you gave something and you're like, oh, what did I just do? What was I thinking? I always tell my wife, what were you thinking? You know, you gave the house away. What are you doing? You know, I joke around her. One of these days she's going to give me away. I'm like, <laughs> she's so generous. Uh, so sometimes we feel pressured to give. Hey, I wonder if there's somebody here this morning that has a hundred dollar bill. I need a hundred dollar bill. Friday must have been payday. My goodness. All right. Thank you. Wow. Awesome. You can be seated. Put a smile on your face. Sit down. It's more blessed to give than to receive. I'll take that. Thank you. Let's move on. 
So let me ask you, does your heart ever grieve over giving money? Do you ever have giver's remorse, right? Um, giving goes against our, our fallen nature, doesn't it? Uh, it's so countercultural for us to give. Because in our minds, we're thinking, no, no, if you give, you'll never see it again. It's gone. It's lost forever. Right? It's, it goes against our nature to give. We are not born givers. We're born takers. Stealers. Rotten. Come on, how many of you have those little kids? Right? They're, they're so cute and they're so adorable. And oh my goodness, I just want to squeeze them and pinch their cheeks. But they're so stinking selfish. Those kids are so self-absorbed. And the first word that they learn is mine, mine, mine. Me, me, me. Right? It's not, you know, share, share, share. It's nothing like that. Right? How many of you know it's a miracle when, you're, when your child shares a toy with their sibling? It's a revival has come to your house when that happens. Right? It just goes against our nature. We want to hold on to that thing. Right. It is. It's just the way we are hardwired. I was born selfish. You were born selfish. We were born selfish, but we were born again. Generous. Okay. I was born selfish, but I'm born again. Generous. And what I mean by that is when you become born again, the spirit of God lives within you. How many of you know the spirit of God is very, very generous? Very generous. So the spirit in you is always saying, give, give, give. Right. But my mind is saying what? Don't do it. Hold on to that thing. It's mine. Right. So what happens is, is, is when we're born again, our spirit is saying, be generous. And so there's this battle going on inside. How many of you have that battle going on? Right. Part of you is wanting to be generous. And the other part of you is going, well, what about tomorrow? What about saving? What about emergency fund? What about, what about, what about? Right. That's the mind side of us. And so what happens is, is our spirit gets born again. It becomes brand new. God lives in here. Right. But our mind does not get new. So we still have the old mind that says you better hold on to this thing because you never know when you're going to need it. Right. And so the process that we have to grow up into as believers is just like the process that toddler has to grow up and grow out of. We have to we have to go from this this mindset that if I give it away, I'll never see it again to this new mindset that says give and it shall be given. We have to move out of that old mindset into this new mindset. Um, it's, it's not mine to spend. It's his to give. So um, what's your name? Rena. Rena. Thank you for being so generous today. Um, do you know why Rena was so quick to give me this $100 bill? All right, some of you have been around here for a while. <laughs> so my wife found Rena before the service. And my wife gave Rena this $100 bill. I told Carrie yesterday while she was out shopping, I said, I need some money. And so she brought home this 100 And so my wife found Rena before the service started and said, Rena, my, my husband's doing an illustration today. And at some point he's going to ask for a $100 bill. And I want you to stand up and I want you to give it to him. Right. Why was it so easy for her to give this one hundred dollar bill? Somebody tell me because it wasn't hers. Right. 
It wasn't hers. It was given to her. Everything you have has been given to you by God. And when you hold it with an open hand, God can put more in, right? If God can get it to you, God can get it the other way around. If God can get it through you, God can get it to you. See, it all belongs to him. There is no remorse in your giving, no reluctancy in your giving. You weren't crying over here, right? You weren't uh, experiencing giver's remorse because you knew it belonged to God. And when you hold it with an open hand, when you put your hand out, go ahead and put your hand out. When you hold God's resources with an open hand, he's able to put those resources in there and keep giving it and keep giving it and keep giving it. You worked really hard today for that $100. I want you to keep that because you're a good steward. You're learning how to hold God's resources with an open hand. Oh, wow. I get a hug out of this. Thank you. Bless you. You need to give my wife a hug. You need to give her a hug. Awesome. All right, I want you to look in Deuteronomy chapter 15 with me. Deuteronomy 15 is an interesting passage. God's people are very, very blessed. um, And he's talking about how how to take care of the needy people among you. If there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of the gates in your land, which the Lord your God is giving to you, you shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand from your poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. Beware, lest there be a wicked thought in your heart, saying, The seventh year, the year of release is at hand, and your eye be evil against your poor brother, and you give him nothing. And he cry out to the Lord against you, and it becomes sin among you. Verse 10, watch this. You shall surely give to him, and your heart should not be grieved. Your heart should not be grieved when you give to him, because this, for this The Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all to which you put your hand to. Obviously, from this passage, we see that God wants us to be a generous people. But he wants us to do it with this kind of attitude where your heart is not grieved when you give it to him. I love it when my kids share. It's an amazing miracle in our home. Listen, let me tell you, you were born selfish, but you were born again generous. And God wants our heads to catch up with what he's done in our hearts. And one of the guys on our staff, uh, Terry Brown, who's our ministry team director, man, he is such a giver. He is such a giver. And I think God has given him, uh, the, he has given him this, this huge heart. This huge heart for people. And I love what God's doing in your heart. Terry, come on up here and tell us about this opportunity you had just this past week. Well, hey, praise the Lord, right? Well, I was leaving the church and I normally go out the north entrance, uh, but we're under construction. Or I go out the east entrance. But this time on Thursday night, a week, two weeks ago, I went out on the south, which I normally don't go. So I, I was working a little bit later. I went out the south. I was one of the last people here at the church. And just as I was loading up my vehicle with my gear, uh, a pickup truck came and came up right behind me real quick. 
And as I was still loading up, the individual went and started ringing on the south little door doorbell there. And nobody was answering because, you know, we were, we were basically closed. And um, I went over to him, or, or I was getting ready to get in my car, and the spirit said, stop, go talk to him. So I got out of my car, and I went over. His window was rolled down, and he had, a, he had a girlfriend or wife with him. She was pregnant. And I put my hand on his arm through the window, and I said, brother, what do you need? And he just started crying. And he said, I've been to, and he had a piece of paper. He says, I've been to all these pantries. And he says, most of them are either closed or they have nothing for me. And he goes, this was my last hope. And I said, you know what? I said, I don't have the key for the pantry. I said, but you know what? God's pantry is always open. And he's crying. I said, follow me to Walmart. Let's go. So we drove down the Walmart. He pulled in right behind me. His wife or girlfriend wasn't feeling well, so she stayed in the vehicle. I said, let's go in. Let's get, let's go get what you need. And as we're going in, he's holding on to me, and he's just crying. He goes, I can't believe you would do this. I said, you know what? I just want you to know something. God has not forgotten you. And we went through the doors. He got the cart, and he looked at me. He goes, are you going to come with me? And I said, no. I said, you know what you need. Go get it. So he went to go get it. I stood by the little subway area over there by Walmart, and I was there for a while. Security kind of came by. I could tell they were kind of looking, what, what am I doing there? And so I tried to act like I was real cool, which wasn't happening. So, so I'm standing there, and all of a sudden, I could see him come in line, but there's a lady in front of him, and, his, and this young man's name is Jermaine. And I could see him coming, and as he did, he was like a little kid on Christmas that opened up a gift that did not expect it. He had this cart, and he's like, look, look. And he's pointing at me like, this is, look. You know, and he's jumping up and down, and I'm like, okay, come on. So we, the lady finally leaves. We get to the register, and the amount rang up, and he just, he's blown away, and he starts crying again. And I said, don't worry about it. I said, man, God's got this. I put my debit card in there, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me again and said, give him some money. And I can tell you, I normally would not do that. And I hit a certain amount that the Lord put on my heart. And as we loaded up his groceries, I said, hey, one last thing. God wants you to have this. About this time, he about fell down on the cart just weeping. And he says, you don't understand. He goes, I've been to all these pantries, and the last two pantries I've gone, my vehicle has been on empty. And so I gave him the money, and then the Lord spoke to me again as if that's not enough. I was over by the subway area, and I looked over the subway, and the Lord said, bless him with a meal. And I said, you know what? Let's go. I said, let's go to the subway. I said, God wants you to have some sandwiches. So he couldn't even speak when he got the subway. I had to help him order the sandwich, and he's just crying. And what I want to just tell you is this. God so wants us, as Pastor Walt said, to open our hands because the needs are right in front of us if we're obedient to what God has called us to do. Pray for Jermaine and his girlfriend. I don't know where they're at, but I did get a chance to pray for them and their baby that wasn't even born. I just spoke into the baby's life. Keep them in your prayers, because they're somewhere, and God wants to use them. Thank you, Pastor. It's awesome. <clears throat> there is a, a Syrian family here in Omaha, <clears throat> Syrian refugee family. Single mom, six kids. Single mom, six kids. Um, just got her learner's permit so she can start driving. They're looking, they, they're looking for a place. Uh, they've found a place to live, 
um, and they're, they're getting ready to move into that place. <clears throat> and uh, we became aware of this, uh, this Syrian family um, a couple months back. And the way we... <clears throat> pardon me. The way we became aware of them is uh, we have a ministry here at Glad Tidings <clears throat> called the, um, the Arabic-speaking outreach. We actually have an outreach team that's reaching Arabic-speaking peoples who are moving into Omaha. And, uh, and so Majid met this family, became aware of their need, and very, very difficult situation. Um, father is not in the picture, not involved. You have the language barrier. She's trying to learn you know, the culture, language, all kinds of things going on. So we've had the opportunity to, to reach out to this, this Muslim family. And bless them. And, uh, and so uh, to, as they're moving into their apartment, we want to bless them with, with furnishings that they need. And um, I know a lot of you have probably some extra furniture pieces laying around that you can bless with. And there's a gal in our church who said, you know what, I want to spearhead this thing. Uh, and so if you're interested in helping, right, we are born selfish. We are born again generous. If you're interested in, in helping with this need, you can just read about it in your bulletin. All the information is there. We want to just bless this family and show them the love of God. And another, another thing with this family, and I'm just going to throw this out there, and I don't know if there's anybody who, who's feeling the spirit in this way, but they really need a vehicle. And with six kids, how many of you know you need a van? You need a minivan. <clears throat> and I'm just going to put it out there and, and just say, you know, if the spirit of God is leading you in that way, I want you to go find Pam Franks, our missions director, and just let her know. Yeah, we've got a good used van or we've got a brand new van. And we want to bless this family. Some of you are empty nesters now and uh, you don't really need a van anymore. Okay, I'm just going to plant that seed. If God does anything with it. Great. Wonderful. Uh, God bless you for that. Um, Let's be a blessing to the nations right here in Omaha. I want to read to you another scripture. And it's in Deuteronomy 15, 11 again. It says this, for the poor will never cease from the land. Therefore, I command you saying, you shall open your hand wide to your brother, to your poor, to your needy in your land. If your brother, a Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman, is sold to you and serves you for six years, this is an era when slavery was like employment, okay? Then in the seventh year, you shall let him go free from you. And when you send him away free from you, you shall not let him go away empty handed. You shall supply him liberally from your flock, from your threshing floor, from your wine press, from what the Lord has blessed you with. You shall give to him. You shall remember that you are a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God has redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this day to do this thing. Remember, you were a slave. Remember where you came from. Remember, you were once so lost in your sin. That's a huge motivation for us to be cheerful, open-handed givers. We were once slaves. There's a pastor. His name is uh, Robert Morris. And uh, he pastors a big church called Gateway Church down in the south. Very generous guy. God told him, when you get saved, I'm going to, I'm going to make you the most generous pastor I know. And I'm going to teach you how to teach people how to give. And so this pastor over the years, check this out. 
In, in, in 17 months, he gave nine vehicles away. My goodness, right? If God can get it through you, God can get it to you. He gave nine of his vehicles away. He lived on, he's lived on um, giving away 70% of his income. And at three times in his lifetime, catch this, he gave it all. He gave everything away. Three times in his lifetime. They gave their first house away. So this guy is a giver. And somebody came to his wife one day and said, man, why is your husband so very generous? And she said this, he's never gotten over getting saved. He's never gotten over getting saved. He's never forgotten where he came from. And he's always remembered that everything that he has has been given to him by God. Remember, you were once slaves in Egypt. There's a gal in our church named Jenny, and she's reaching the homeless here in the city. I want you to see the video. Every Wednesday for the past three years, Jenny Johnson and her husband have been waking up at 4 a.m. to bring amazing home-cooked meals to the homeless. They have been selflessly serving in the heat, rain, snow, and bitter cold. In order to feed 300 people each week, Jenny starts cooking in her kitchen at home on Monday and continues to cook most of Tuesday as well. Last year, they spent $23,000 of their own money to provide for those in need. Their dedication to serve is remarkable. In fact, they've never missed a Wednesday. They want to be sure that those they serve genuinely feel and see the love of Jesus Christ. We encourage you to be a shining example of Christ to others by joining Jenny or by asking God to help you discover your own way to go and reach out to our city. Woo! How about it? Huh? Wow. Man, single-handedly, pretty much single-handedly feeding 300 homeless people every week out of her own pocket. So I texted Jenny last night and I said, Jenny, why are you so generous? She's from the Philippines, so English is her, her uh, second language. I said, why are you so generous? And she texted back, I love him. He loved me first. And she said this. Jesus loves me and he died for me. I am a sinner. How many of you know? Jenny has never gotten over getting saved. It's one of the reasons we are so generous today. Let me talk to you about greed and selfishness for a moment and the antidote for greed and selfishness. The best way to drive greed and selfishness out of your heart is to give, is to simply give. This guy named Ron Blue, he's the founder of a ministry on giving and uh, he realized how greed is in everybody's heart. He went to Kenya and he met a pastor there in Kenya. And he asked this pastor the question, Pastor, what's keeping you from spreading the gospel in Kenya faster? And this pastor said, greed and coveting is keeping us from reaching Kenya. And Ron said, what do you mean? You guys are poor. What do you mean? And he said, well, you know, the guy with the mud hut, he wants a stone hut. And the guy with a thatched roof, he wants a metal roof, right? The guy with one cow wants two cows. The guy with one acre wants two acres. How many of you know that greed is universal? It affects us all. It's global. See, I think God created giving not because he needs our money, but God created giving 
for our sake. Because he knew that greed would drive, or giving would drive greed far from our hearts. The Glad Tidings Church has always been a very generous church. And um, over the course of, of the years, um, the church is always taking up a, a Christmas offering. And for many years, that Christmas offering went to the lead pastor, which would be me. But when I became the lead pastor, shortly after I became the lead pastor, the Spirit of God spoke to my heart and he said, I want you to give up that Christmas offering. Now, that was a lot of money because that Christmas offering would be around $15,000. How many of you know that's a nice offering? Huh? That's a nice Christmas gift. And the Spirit of God said, I want you to give up that Christmas offering. And I wrestled with it. <laughs> And I told my wife about it and I said, honey, what do you think? And she wrestled with it. How many of you know that if we're going to grow in our faith, we're going to have to wrestle with stewardship? I've also learned this about God. He always wins those wrestling matches. (laughs) He always wins. And I surrendered it. I said, God, it all belongs to you. I knew it was the Spirit of God speaking, so I told the board about it, and they accepted it. And how many of you know, God wasn't calling me from treasure. He was calling me to treasure. And since that day, we have taken a generous Christmas offering every year, and we've given it to mission. Last year, you guys gave over $20,000, right, to minister to the Iranian refugees who were moving into Turkey. You guys did that last year. That's incredible. And I know why the Spirit of God said, I want you to give up that offering. Because there was greed in my heart. And the cure for greed is always to give. It's to be generous. I want to wrap this message up today. I'll tell you this. I don't like most preaching on giving. Because most preaching on giving sounds like this. Give and you will get. Give and you will get. Right. And the preacher says, you just need to give so you can get give and it shall be given, give and you shall get. And the people start thinking, wow, I need to get something. So I'm going to give. But think about that for a moment. How does God feel about that? Is he going? Yes, my people are finally getting the revelation about getting. They're becoming getters. I'm so excited. Right. We don't give to get. We give because we've been given to. We've been so blessed. Amen. So to break out of that, that greed, that system of this world, we, we give and we give generously. We give spontaneously. We give not expecting anything in return. And can I tell you, church, this is what sets us apart from the people of God. As the people of God, we are, are so countercultural, so countercultural. This is a completely new and better way of thinking about money. When Jesus said to the rich young man, sell all you have, give to the poor, then you'll have treasure. Can I tell you, it's a different kingdom that we're in now, now that we're born again. This is other people minded. This is kingdom minded. This is saying, Jesus, you are Lord. This is holding everything that we have with an open hand saying, God, it belongs to you. You can give it if you want out of my hands. God, I will enjoy it while it's in my hands. But God, it belongs to you. I want to be a cheerful and uh, generous person. And I know you do as well. One of our our team members, we were talking about giving. And we're talking about how do you start with this 
thing being generous. And he had such a great, a great, not idea, but it's a great practice that his family practices. He said this. He said, we used to ask the question when a special offering was taken. He said, we used to ask the question, should we give in this offering? And he says, we've switched over to how much should I give? So a simple way for him is, is this. Anytime there's a special offering received at the church, his attitude is now, how much, Lord? Not should I, but how much should I? It's his default now. He just goes to that. Any opportunity that you have to bless somebody, you bless somebody. You can do it inside the church. You can do it outside the church. You can bless somebody and pay for the coffee, you know, for the person behind you, Right? There's so many different ways that you can be generous. Here's a way that you can be generous. When somebody likes something that you have, like $100, <laughs> you can give it to them. My wife is really good at this. I learned this when I was in Bible college. I noticed this guy had this really nice tie on. That was back in the day when, you know, we wore ties. And, uh, and I said, man, I like that tie. I like that tie. And I said it to him a couple times. And then the next time I saw him, he came and he had this box and of course, inside of it was the tie. Um, we have folks over at our house from time to time. And we had some friends over one day. And, uh, and we went into the basement and we were showing them the house. And, and uh, the friend who was with us said, uh, wow, I really like that autumn and that color is perfect. That's exactly what we need in our house. <laughs> I didn't say anything. My- You know, I like that ottoman, you know, and my wife says, well, you like it. You can have it. You can have it. The problem was our house guest who was living in the basement at the time was sitting on the couch, had his feet on the ottoman. And my wife is pulling the ottoman out from under his feet. I'm like, honey, I hope if people say I like your husband, you don't give me away. You know, this is the way she's wired. It's awesome. So the Clarks, they gave us one of those Keurig coffee makers, you know, back when they first came out and everybody's like, oh, you got to have one of these. So they blessed us with one and it was sat on the counter. And I think we made like some hot chocolate in it the first time and then we just used it once. And then the Aristes came over a couple days later. And Victoria's like, oh, we've had our eye on one. We're kind of price shopping right now, looking for one. And Carrie's like, well, you can have this one. You know, and so out the door, the cure goes, you know, pretty soon I'm going to come home and go, honey, am I in the wrong house? I don't recognize it anymore. Right. So two days later, the Clarks, Tony Clark comes back into our house. She's looking around. She's like, Carrie, where's the Keurig that I gave you a few days ago? She's like, I gave it away. Tony said, I'm so mad at you. I'm never going to give you another thing. So sometimes you bless people with something that you have. They go, man, that's nice. I like that, you know. All right. So don't ask for my shirt today. I've got one more service to preach. (laughs) See, giving changes people. But the person it changes the most is you. It changes your heart, right? So maybe you're that person who's kind of like you hold on to things, you you know, you, you, you got that selfish thing going on, but God's given you a new heart. You just got to, you just got to tell your mind, you know what? I, I'm going to be generous today. Put your, 
Put your treasure where you want your heart to be. Put your treasure where you want your heart to be. Maybe you're not generous. Start being generous and watch how contagious it becomes. Amen. I want you to stand with me as we prepare to close. God, thank you today for being so generous to us. God, we don't give to get. We give because we have been given. God, I pray that we would become the cheerful, open-handed, generous people that you have saved us to be. God, I pray today that we will never forget our salvation, that we'll never, we'll never get over getting saved. Lord, we just bless you today in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you. Can we just thank God for being so generous to us? Bless you, Lord. Amen. I'm going to invite our prayer workers to come forward. If you would like prayer today, maybe you're not right with God or maybe your body is broken and you need some healing or you're going through a difficult situation and you need somebody to connect with God for you and with you today. We would love to pray for you. Listen, don't miss the next couple weeks. We've got some incredible guest speakers that are going to be with us. Joseph Gordon will be with us. Dick Brogdon will be with us. Don't miss out. It's going to be powerful. We'll see you soon.